Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a weekly episodic tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about fights and tights. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, it's good It's good to be back here this week. And, and this week, instead of pretending to be surprised, I'm going to introduce our guest. It's going to be my good buddy. Uh, you know him from Twitter. And also, uh, as a, a certified new type, uh, welcome to the show, Tom Asnable. Hey, everybody. It's me, Tom. Welcome. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, you know, you definitely, I've had you on uh, BLT before, uh, but this will be a slightly different context because uh, we're not talking about anything Gundam, uh, not here or on Cockpit. So uh, I'll, my, I'll find a way to slip it in. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, no complaints <laughs> here. Um, so tell us a little bit about like your background just kind of with Tokusatsu in general. So actually, uh, took like me being kind of a lifelong fan of giant robots, more so on the anime side, uh, Tokusatsu was actually pretty formative in me kind of discovering uh, that in general. Uh, so I grew up in the 90s, and that's when there was this huge glut of Tokusatsu being brought over by Saban in one form or another. My parents actually originally bought into the whole Power Rangers is like ultra violent sort of hysteria that was going around <laughs> at the time. So I wasn't actually, yeah, I that. wasn't actually allowed to watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when it came out. Oh, the forbidden but fruit. Chancing upon Ridiculous. the last 10 minutes of an episode or so, I happened to see a Megazord fight. So I knew that if I at least tuned in at that point of each show, I would see something <laughs> I would like. Uh, and then the uh, they had the Green with Evil miniseries, which introduced a yeah. new ranger whose name i happen to share and from that point i was basically watching power rangers whether my parents liked it or not <laughs> nice but it wasn't just that i was also watching vr troopers i i watched mask rider mm-hmm. later on i would watch big bad beetleborgs they haven't particularly mm-hmm. aged well uh <laughs> oh and uh superhuman superhuman samurai cyber squad uh yeah which, that, that grid yep, which is which that <laughs> anime that's oh coming out of it has a reference to that american title in it which is incredible but that's awesome yeah awesome. so and i definitely watched power rangers like longer than i felt was probably appropriate like i watched it up to maybe like eighth or ninth grade and that would have been when lost galaxy was airing uh i loved power rangers in space a whole lot mm. uh yeah and Lost Galaxy kind of continued sort of the tone of that, but I kind of tuned out about halfway through, I think. And then I kind of wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really engaging with Toku for like, basically not until college when I started to hear about uh, Tokusatsu starting to get fan subs. And right. and so the gateway for me there was actually uh, the show that was airing at the time, uh, Kamen Rider Kabuto. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we're we're yeah. buddies now, <laughs> you and I. We're like, I'm going to follow you on Twitter right now. I don't think I am. Oh, man. I've got the Pat endorsement. Yeah. That was my first yeah, one. So, and after, yeah. So after Kabuto, uh, I kind of, it was, I guess, between, uh, oh, no, that's right. I think Deno started right after Kabuto. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- there was a pretty clear difference in tone to me. Like, it was definitely fun. But I think what mm-hmm. I kind of liked about Kabuto was there was sort of a a bit of an edge to it. And maybe that's kind of a, a cliche thing to say. Right. But like, <laughs> for me, what I, I kind of realized about what I would like in Tokusatsu, like as an adult, was that 
I'd like it for the show to at least give me the option of fooling myself into thinking it's not a show made for six-year-olds. <laughs> and also, I'd like to be a little sad once in a while watching it. So naturally, my next show that I watched was Common Rider Fies. Hey, um, you're you're keeping it up, by the way. This is like a combo thing. <laughs> oh, I love Common Rider Fies. Uh, yeah. And uh, I watched a whole bunch of decade, but I don't think I ever finished it. And then when I tried out Kamen Rider Double, that kind of, when I realized like the there was a new change in direction in Kamen Rider where it was like, oh, it's getting more overtly toyetic. The acting is getting a bit too Disney Channel for my taste. And I kind of fell off Tokusatsu mm. for an extended period of time again until I watched Special Police Robo Jan Person. And uh, became a high priest of the Church of Jan person. Oh, it's yeah. you? You're one of these. Okay. Every every time I'm talking to Grant, I'm like, well, uh, we, we should check out some little heroes. And Jan then... person is phenomenally strange. Uh, I don't care mm. if I have to think it's for children or not, because it's just completely insane. And it's just really fun. And I think also, like, I've been watching a lot of metal hero shows lately, like, just because... There's a proliferation of fan subs of that stuff now where there really wasn't at the time when I got into Toku. Mm. And I think it's kind of appropriate that the Kamen Rider shows I ended up liking, I feel like they take a lot of cues from Metal Hero aesthetics, mm. uh, like especially Kabuto, where basically like the shell forms that they have are kind of like Metal Hero forms. Oh, and That's actually true. now that I think about it, yeah. uh, I did watch a bit of Garo back then and uh, those 90s Kamen Rider standalone movies. Because, again, that fits the characteristic of, hey, these actually aren't made for children. <laughs> because Keita Amamiya is a crazy person, and he has just a visual flair for that sort of thing. Uh, so, like, right. as you can tell, right. most of my experience with uh, Tokusatsu, actually, uh, when it's not a uh, Power Rangers adaptation, I haven't really watched that much Sentai in general. Uh, it tends to not pass the sniff test with the, uh, well, this is pretty overtly for children. And usually when there's a puppet that pops up, that's when I head for the hills. <laughs> like, I tried... Thank yeah. you for joining us for this puppet show. I tried watching Geki Ranger, but I think that, like, immediately put me off. I think there was some kind of prominent puppet in there. Oh, and I watched a bit of Jetman, because Keita Amemiya directed that one. Uh, right, right. Okay. And the suits. Yep. Also, prominent suits. puppet may be the, a really good name for this podcast episode. Just making a note for later. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So that's my rundown. Uh, That might be our mascot's name too. I think. I think we need. (laughs) That's good. You've got alliteration. It's catchy. That's branding right there. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, No, uh, no, that's that's really great though. Uh, So, how have you been feeling about Lupin Ranger versus Pattern Ranger? Like going into it now, like the first six episodes. How do you feel about it? It's definitely more compelling than the Sentai I've at least dipped my toes into. Like even Jetman, Mm. I was like, well, this is okay uh and that's probably right. blasphemy to some long-term sentai fans because i think that's one of the more beloved ones but like it definitely has a a unique stamp all its own uh actually when i was first hearing mm-hmm. about lupon ranger versus pat ranger coming out i it was such a the concept of it sounded so not conventional sentai i actually thought it was a fan film that was going to be coming out <laughs> Also, it made oh. me really, really mm. hungry for the idea of a Loop on the Third versus Pat Labor movie. Uh, <laughs> I never knew I wanted that so badly until until this started. But like, I like the <laughs> yeah, this like a really distinct 
sense of direction in this. The competing teams are really cool. I love the design sensibility on the suits, like, because typically with Sentai teams, there's kind of the color in black or color and white. And this has both. Mm-hmm. I like that they've got the the ties that are not obvious until you see them animated in the henching sequences. Uh, right, exactly. And I love uh, I love Pat Kaiser. Pat Kaiser's really good. I could uh, man, I sure wish GoPros looked better. I love what they're going for. Like they literally mounted a camera on a stuntman and just had them kind of cartwheel around the action. Like that's great. Mm-hmm. But I just wish like I don't know, like GoPro footage. Like it tends to be a little more desaturated. It's kind of artificially sharpened. Like it's always really jarring. Like the fact that I'm like, oh, this is a different mm. type of camera. It takes me out of it a little bit. But I like what they're going for. Yeah. See, I, I think I dig the intent. Yeah, the ambition uh, is pretty cool. Execution, like like that they're trying it. Like that you know, especially in. I want to see, I want to see behind the scenes footage of the stuntman flipping around wearing the GoPro. That's what I want to see. Yes. Because right. <laughs> I don't think it's Definitely. a drone. I'm pretty sure it's somebody wearing one. Well, I mean, they had those aerial shots that I guess it could be another one jumping sure. off with them, but it feels like it's passing through them or over them when it happens. So I'm not right. And there's definitely sure. some stabilization on the image. So it's probably somebody running mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would love that just for the spectacle. Definitely. Well, I think the the interesting thing is like you know because even though we all know all media is formulaic, but like you know Tokusatsu tends to really lean into formulas and like to even attempt something that kind of radically different, if you will, it, it's just good to know like okay, they're willing to innovate and try things, even if they don't always necessarily land. That's it's still a good sign, I think. Oh, definitely. So we're going in episode uh, seven here. Do we have any predictions or hopes for this episode, gang? Uh, well, this is another character-focused mm. one, I think, but it's on a different set of characters than ones we've seen before, mm. uh, which that's actually one thing I've really liked about the show so far is that even if the plot's not necessarily progressing, uh, we're learning more about the characters, which is something that's pretty good, I think. Is there an earmark for Sentai when... Because with, with writer shows, it tends to be like, okay, you know, we'll do a bunch of setup in the first 10-ish episodes, and then when we get to a certain point, this is when uh, the training wheels come off. Like like episode 12-ish or something for a, a writer series is typically when that happens. But is there something like that for Sentai? Or... I don't... I haven't watched enough Sentai to say that for sure. I know, I know the tempo for Ultraman a lot better, but those tend to be 26-episode seasons, so it's a little different. I know the tempo for Kamen Rider right, build know. is just a runaway train. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just... They, they just have so... these wonderful little kind of arcing narratives where they give you a little bit of information at a time to kind of leave you in... Like, lead you into this greater sense of mystery. Like, Super Sentai, or at least this particular season i can't really speak for any others and even jetman from what i saw mm. of it didn't really have I'm, I'm sure at some point we'll get some kind of ultimate motive as to what the uh oh geez that well yeah i almost called them the monster mafia the ganglers what they're up to because that's what they are <laughs> yeah that's pretty good <laughs> that that would be that i think that's what they're they might call it in um in the double Shoot, was it called Double Justice, right? Oh, Double Justice, yeah. <laughs> in, in the Pension Helmets Double Justice right. dub. <laughs> in the impending Salon adaptation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think they would go with, like, um, the Goodfellas kind of accents? Because they have Italian names. Or would that be considered perpetuating oh, an unfortunate stereotype? Please do it. Just ham I it up. I don't care. I don't... Yeah. I mean, it's already... Oh, my God. Could you imagine... one of you them. Know, could you at imagine the, the main gangler having, like... A Marlon Brando voice. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because I think about this a lot. Like when I was a kid, I watched Animaniacs and 
I loved Animaniacs. It wasn't my favorite of those. I like Freakazoid the best, I think, but Animaniacs was really yeah. good too. And my, my one of my favorite segments on there was the Good Feathers, where mm. it was the it was just the Good Fellas, but with pigeons, which no child and should get from watching it. That's the thing. That's <laughs> one with hope. I, I, I had no clue. Like I'd never seen. I didn't. I just thought it was like these guys are like mafia birds or something. It never even dawned on me that it was a reference specifically to like a movie. And how prominently like their roost was like a statue of Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Again, why would a child know who that is? <laughs> It was like, but it was, and that's the thing. It should not have worked, and yet it was like one of my favorite bits on that show. So you know what? I say let's do it. Let's just lean into it. Let's just go full. Let's get guys like Pesci and stuff to actually. Do oh my voices. goodness! Like, why not? like, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, oh boy! You get Steve Buscemi like, as uh, jeez, what's the grenade monster? Dora? What is it? Destra? Destra? Right? Destra? Yeah. Destra. I think yeah. I'm good with grenade monster though. He's got watermelon shoulders. That's what he is. Pretty good. <laughs> i think uh i'm not really sure what to expect on this one i think the the nice thing has been i think we'll probably get more on the the this ice villain that we got a quick shot of in the last last yeah. episode i yeah, think yeah, we'll yeah. probably get to see them. pat kaiser use the motorcycle thing oh yeah 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 that makes sense pat you got any predictions oh um i guess i i would say i keep doing more like a wish uh, making wishes here but I, I do want more of um uh pato green or pato what Shoot, pat ranger two. i don't know the counting word for pato sango i nope. think he's I number two i think um, he's pat he's number i think two. he's pat oh, he's number two. two that's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're right yeah nico then uh but yeah p- pato green whatever um i i do want more of him because I don't really. I can't, we we gotten little bits of him, but like definitely way less than uh, red and pink mm, at this definitely. point. Definitely, I'd really mm. like some elaboration on. I think Destra mentioned it in the previous episode, or maybe the one before that. That uh, it's kind of weird that the uh, the Sentai teams, their Lupin collection items are different than the ones that the Ganglers have. Uh, whereas, mm, like, right. because it's true, right? Like Arsene Lupin. In, I don't I mean I don't know which way they're doing the chronology, but like assuming that it's consistent with like when the stories were written, like he would be active like at latest like the early twentieth century. And yet so much of the Lupin collection, at least on the Ranger side, is uh toys of like sci fi vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. but on the on the Gangler side and like the individual pieces, they're either like actually for the most part, they're mostly, from what I understand, either outright references to or cobbled together from previous uh, props from previous Sentai series. Really? Uh, yeah, there's actually, right. if you go to the Ranger wiki, there's like a whole, they like list what each one is like a reference to. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, Neat. so I wonder if maybe there might even be like kind of a Gokaiger type angle at some point. Interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. Because is this, this isn't an anniversary show, is it? Uh, um, no. Not 100%. Uh, although it is, it is the last Heisei sentai series well no heisei period like the heisei era ends after this year right i think that's part of why they were so willing to break the formulas it's like hey guys you know this is it like <laughs> it's it's gonna be so weird and it's one of those things like it shouldn't matter but like it's been heisei for so long right. like as a as a kaiju well, you know, it's been it's, it's like, been so oh, long to the point sense. that there is this arbitrary separation of heisei versus neo heisei <laughs> right <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> where you have like, you know, with Godzilla, you have like the Millennium Era, right. that kind of stuff. Like you have to make up these mini eras because it's just been Heisei for. I've always hours. wondered if that's the case in Japan that they also do that or not. That'd be interesting to know. Hmm. I honestly, I never hear about it other than in reference yeah. to Toku. It's just, it's such a. It makes sense for Common Rider because that there was that hiatus, but this is what the forty second consecutive Sentai series. <laughs> hmm. There's been a few. There's been Sounds a few. right. <laughs> All right, guys, are ready to watch that episode? I'm down. Let's do it. この番組はたのしいときをつくるグループ、PRTとザコミックフィンドとご覧のスタッフの提供でお送りします。And we're back. Uh, I keep getting my wishes granted, guys. Uh, I, I keep asking for things and I keep getting them. And so. Grant keeps getting his uh, wishes padded. Hey! <laughs> oh, jeez. Tom, you're under arrest. <laughs> Whatever. I thought I I'd undercut you because that's normally your thing. It's true. I stole you your thing like, like a, like a phantom thief. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm Zinigato shouting at the sky. Tom Ranger. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> so, um, how are we feeling, guys? What do we think about that episode? I thought it was really cool. I liked the monster right, a lot. That's it. Pot yeah. over. No. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the monster a lot. I enjoyed the use of the GoPro this time around. There was some cool uh, stuff that they did. Um, I got my focus on green and yellow, which is what I was hoping for. Because mm. I didn't think it was going to be a green and blue anytime soon, mm. which is what I would have expected. But... No, I, there's no way I would have reached that conclusion. So this is what I wanted. Yeah, I definitely uh, I enjoyed it too. Um, good, really good action sequences in this one. Um, it was nice having a uh, uh, a bit of a focus on yellow and green kind of at the same time without feeling like it was split, if that makes sense. Like it didn't feel like it was giving half billing to any character. And yet, you know, they both, it definitely focused on the two of them. So I kind of mentioned it while we were watching, but... Do you guys think that they're going to become like a kind of a will they won't they sitcom type thing where she sort of like rejects his advances, but is like playful about it? I don't think she's into it. I don't think so either. But like knowing the conventions of this sort of thing, I feel like they're going to try and go for it. I wasn't Hmm. really you you asked that question. I wasn't quite sure. But then with those last few moments where Saki was like literally in a glow with no one else and like he was like head over like over the moon with her i was like yeah at the at the very least it's going to be played for laughs sure yeah sure. And, or he'll die for her near the end something like <laughs> that, that would be Which a charm isn't not <laughs> just straight up exclusive with it being played for laughs i mean who knows no <laughs> <laughs> no we, we also had a bit of that where we uh um when they got eaten up well pat you want to you want to do a quick uh rundown from the top just a real fast one Oh yeah. Uh, so this time, Pato Rangers just hanging out in in the Lupin Rangers cafe. Uh, they hear about some monster going around eating up people at restaurants. This happens at a steakhouse. The uh, Lupin Rangers confront it. Uh, blue and red get eaten up. Uh, meanwhile, yellow gets left behind, and she kind of goes into a kind of like a PTSD thing. She she remembers the trauma from. When her uh, childhood friend that was her uh, emotional support got frozen and crushed um, before becoming a Lupin Ranger. And then uh, she ends up using uh, Pato Green's advances, <laughs> advances, like his his romantic interest in her 
uh, as sort of bait to, to bait the monster out. They confront it at the next restaurant, and she works up the courage to remove the Lupin item, thus freeing everybody that's inside and still alive. Uh, and then we get a nice little wrap-up with uh, the Pato Rangers finishing it off in the Pato Kaiser and using the motorcycle yo-yo weapon, which is just super, super duper cool. And then a, a little bit of... like it, it seems like they're cool outside of their uniforms, but um, uh, Tsukasa Pato Pink gets the feeling or, or spots a, a physical pattern that, oh, they might be the Lupin Rangers. And then the episode... She kind of intuits and, like, has, like, a vision of them of, like, in their Phantom Thief outfits. Right. So, once right. again, uh... Yeah. What is it? Pat Ren 3? Or whatever. Pat Ren Pink. Uh, yeah. Mm. The most competent detective of the group. Mm-hmm. I think not the most competent cop. Yeah, no, I, I definitely was positive on this episode overall. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think, uh... I like the... I liked a lot of the little touches. I think the... Um, there's some things that I don't know if maybe it was a translation thing or something, but they sort of implied that Green was a kind of a player at one point. Yeah. But then he's mm-hmm. a couple points. just been a goofball. Yeah, a couple points they sort of implied that like, oh, he just you know, kind of you know, runs through paramours, so to speak, but that he's kind of playing games and stuff. But then like he's such a he's been such a goof up till now and the whole episode frames it as yellow not really wanting him and as an audience member you certainly kinda of have to agree with her take because he's kinda of goofy. So that was a that was a weird mm. disconnect, but otherwise, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, they had some cool kind of uh, artistic flourishes in this one. Mm. Oh yeah, like I think Pat mentioned it too. I think Pat and I both Pat and I both had like a similar reaction when uh, they show mm. Lupin Red get devoured by the monster, not directly, yeah. but in a reflection. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, on the and, helmet, and then exactly. in her eye. Her eye. Yeah, that was nice. And then later, when the Lupin Rangers do their uh, finishing attack on what was his name? Uh, was it Mergu? It was like gourm- gourmet backwards and right, like yeah, Akita or something. Uh, but whatever, it was like weird dolphin, spider, hairy pants, claw monster. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's literally his name. Translated. Yeah, they basically like cut down an entire yeah. forest around him, but it was like really had this kind of sense of uh, excitement and dynamism to it. Uh, yeah, like in, in a yeah, I because they haven't really done anything like that yet, right? They did the um, no, not like this. They did the merge, the attack. fireball. Well, the yeah, the, the merge attack with the three with the Pat Rangers, but there wasn't as much of the environmental thing. Well, there. I it kind of felt it felt like they were like shooting a lot of like individual like kind of weird little cutting projectiles right mm-hmm. right 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 and the way they kind of mm-hmm. the individuals merged and then it wasn't really like a straight shot it sort of like veered left and right kind of erratically and took the forest down and then also hit him that was really really we haven't seen as it was a kind of a chaotic attack i guess it was really really i good. guess it's the closest that the lupon ranges have come to like the traditional like bazooka combination attack well i'm trying to, wasn't what about that episode where there were three Kyries, where there were three lupon yeah. reds didn't they do like a big mm-hmm. mega attack there, or was was it all five of them, quote unquote, or was it just? The, I'm trying to remember. It was all five of them. I feel like it was all five of them doing like a big. It was a big mm-hmm. fireball, and we got that nice little heat effect right yeah, on the that's ground. Right. That's right. This had the wind and the the trees going down, and with the capes fluttering. It was and just the direction on it was really nice, like really really mm-hmm. good. And then I mean, we we also have the the, the other bazooka attack with the uh, Pato Rangers with them doing uh the all of them fusing into one. And then firing a big blast from there. Right, 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 right. 
I just I think the nice thing here was the inclusion of like I mean this is a thing that as much as I love you know Sentai and Tokusatsu and all that kind of stuff like they don't always utilize the environment they're in it's usually a backdrop mm. you know it's like well the fight <laughs> in front of the beach is the same as the fight in front of the stadium is the same as the fight in the woods like they're just backgrounds for them but here there was a real integration of the trees there was a lot of use of like the leaves were kind of a, a good visual tick to a lot of their sweeping attacks and stuff it was really nice really really nice speaking of different mm-hmm. settings actually one thing i kind of liked about this episode is the use of any kind of fights with monsters in like an interior like they had two mm. fights at like trendy restaurants or at least that started there <laughs> and i guess they kind of had something mm-hmm. similar in the first episode at the like underground casino uh right, but i, right. I guess yeah. like I feel like I'm used to seeing monster fights like outside. So anytime it's like in a room, it feels kind of distinctive. Yeah. And it's, it's good that you mentioned that because not only does that kind of fit the sort of, I mean, cops and robbers has a sort of urban connotation to it anyway. Um, but there was also a, a bit where when they were in the second restaurant where Sakuya and um, where green and yellow were meeting for their, their lunch or whatever. Um, once the fight <laughs> moved outside and yellow was still prepping, like, she she was turning and you could see them fighting through the windows right. that was just oh something yeah like, we don't really see that a lot like people like like an in like a shot looking out at a fight that we can't quite make out. that was just an interesting framing for that i wonder if so the motorcycle weapon it turned out is a yo-yo weapon and yeah. i wonder if yes. in japanese pop culture there is kind of an association with the yo-yo and police because i know it was a fairly popular tokusatsu in the 80s, Skebandeka, uh, mm-hmm. who, which some people might be more familiar with in the later movie release, Yo-Yo Girl Cop. I think the name speaks for itself. Hmm. She is a cop <laughs> undercover as like a high school student who uses a yo-yo as a weapon. Is that is that the one? Um, the Sukuban is kind of like the uh, long-skirted... She has like a black uniform with like girl, a red right. scarf. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of picture... Oh jeez, it's kind of like an old school kind of bad yeah, girl. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like a like a girl delinquent thing. Like the look of like the yeah. main character of Kill la Kill was heavily influenced by Skebandeka, and I think a couple of mm-hmm. the latter movies were released here, uh, not including Yo Yo Girl Cop, but not with the mm-hmm. original actress in the role. So right. I've heard that's a mm-hmm. completely bananas show. <laughs> but regardless, like yeah, I wonder if that's kind of a an indirect reference to it yeah it could be could be yeah it could be i mean yeah i I, maybe before i would have thought it was a bit tenuous but you mentioned uh when we were recording all the connections with the pieces um being references to older you know uh at least older toku works so that now i mean that door's certainly wide open it it could i think it's been limited just to sentai stuff for now and i'm certainly not an expert on this uh that but i mean like i this stuff does happen (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Like, I just found out that, like, the Metal Hero character, Jiraiya, just randomly shows up in an episode of New Ninja, and it's just, like, nobody remarks on it being weird. So, <laughs> um, y- you never know. Were they, were they promoting something? Or was it just, I mean, it's a ninja show, so it's Exactly, ninja yeah. Because the, like, the <laughs> subtitle okay. for, like, hmm. Jiraiya is, like, World Ninja War Jiraiya. That was also, I think, okay. around the time when they were kind of trying to float metal hero back into like the consciousness where they were because i think like yavan shows up in go busters the weird thing yeah. about the and this is maybe a little bit of a tangent the weird thing about the metal hero stuff is that like when they brought common rider back after like his little hiatus they didn't like try to bring mm-hmm. back common rider one and two or common rider stronger like in a sentai show they just made a new right. common rider show but they're not doing that with metal hero they're just like <laughs> well here's a gavon movie space sheriff movie 
but no new original Metal Hero. It's kind of weird. Right. Um, yeah. I guess I guess that's the case, but like that's sort of I think how we ended up with uh, Common Rider the first and the next, right? Yeah, but like that's all. But all before they really brought back Showa stuff. True. This is kind of the this Maybe is kind of the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's that's my <laughs> fault. Like, that tangent is my fault. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Regardless, yo uh, yo motorcycle. <laughs> Possible Skebondeka reference is all I'm saying. And I really like the mm. weapon. It was it's interesting and fun. I think Pat, like you mentioned during the recording, as long as it's not a sword, it tends to be exciting and different. And that is definitely the case. It was a dope finishing move. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Looked great. And just um I thought it was I think that was another thing that I really liked about this one was the little touches. Like, um, you know, Pink is the most capable Pat Ranger, so she notices the just the subtle detective thing of just like noticing people and people watching and she just picks up on it wasn't really like him uh Kyrie pull or you know uh, Lupin Red pulling on Yellow's nose wasn't like a super big call out when it happened earlier but then she just picks up on it that was nice mm-hmm. or the the fun little thing with uh with Good Striker where at the very end Good Striker shows up he's like <laughs> he's like hey Lupin Rangers let's go do it and they're like we're done bye and like, that they was just right. him off and he's like it, like he's like heartbroken and the pet rangers show up and he's like and they're like hey good striker just who we're looking for he's like it's nice to be wanted <laughs> it's just a yeah fun yeah, little yeah. moment you can have with a flying plane puppet thing like <laughs> it is kind of great that the loop on rangers Lovely. just kind of lost their patience with them it's like look we're we're not letting this be an arbitrary choice just go with the other guys right. like they're your second choice go with them <laughs> We were in a stomach all day. Oh, that's true. They've been night. through. They've been through a lot at that point. They were ready to to hit yeah. the hay. I feel like we're seeing a lot more Pat Kaiser than Lupin Kaiser overall. Agreed. Totally mm. agreed. Which I'm not complaining. Oh, just... Well, then, yeah, right. It's your. We found out it's your uh, <clears throat> your favorite yeah. one over the other, and that's it's the my one. preference. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. We had some, we saw some really cool yeah. stuff this time. So I guess. I think that's an, another interesting thing that because there are two distinct teams, you can sometimes have one team do something that the like if it were just one team, the main team, you couldn't have them do. Like you couldn't have a character like Good Striker show up and have the main team just go, "No, we're not turning into a giant robot." Like you couldn't do that in a regular season. But because you have two teams, you could have one yeah, team yeah. go, "No," and the other team takes it and it's fine. Like that's an interesting dynamic that I hadn't really considered. That's true because uh, otherwise it's yeah. the Sentai team's like responsibility. Yeah. They just have to do it, but they can just kind of blow yeah, it off. Like, well, we gotta. But like Luke and Ranger can be like, "No, we're done here. See ya." Like, <laughs> you go with those other guys; they can handle it. it yeah, so mm. that's a, it's just interesting, you know. So, guys, any other thoughts or anything uh, before we head over to the Twitter questions? Uh, I still want my uh, double fusion attack on the ground. But um, true. you know, while while I'm making wishes here, and while they're being granted, <laughs> might as well say it out loud again. I want there to be a sequence of the Pat Kaiser arresting a giant monster and then taking him to giant monster jail. Like I want there to be giant robot handcuffs. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then what? that would be wonderful. And then like they'd have a sequence of like. Uh, a giant monster in like a room with like a huge like spotlight on him with like uh, Pat Kaiser like interrogating him being like you did it didn't you <laughs> tell us where the ganglers are so this won't happen until uh, we get both Lupin Kaiser and Pater Kaiser because then we can have a, a good a giant good cop and a giant <laughs> bad cop well but you could also do like a giant like an actual giant building and then have 
have Lupin Kaiser sneak in and steal something like the size of a city. Oh my block. god. That has to be like the mid season finale, right though, that like somehow Lupin Kaiser and Pat Kaiser can exist at the same time and square off. Because I mean like that's the obvious course of action at some yeah, point. Right. You're gonna have a robot fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean got to. Oh, I, I that was the last thing I think it was uh we actually got to see kind of the scale of Pat Kaiser versus um Gourmet oh, right. Reverse. Uh, like he he's like two like two heads taller. Yeah, that, <laughs> that <laughs> like rules. whoa, holy cow! Yeah, Pat Kaiser is a is a big boy by internet definitions. Certainly, big. I'm I'm in Pat awe of this with, la- with a big this appetite. absolute unit. Oh wait, I have it backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, small, small boy. boy has a big appetite. Yeah, I ruined it. Overcompensating. You know, cut the feed. We just have to <laughs> this whole episode. It's oh, we're done. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, I guess it's time to get into these Twitter questions. We have quite a few to get through, so uh, without further ado, so uh, from Champstus, uh, they ask us, what older tokusatsu shows do y'all think could benefit from advancements in production details, or even just from probably larger budgets, if they were revived or rebooted nowadays? Tom? Uh, so I thought about this a little bit, and the uh, answer I arrived at was actually uh, just beyond, which was... Mm. Uh, one of, if not the first, Metal Hero shows uh, after the kind of Space Sheriff uh, shows. And mm-hmm. kind of the mm. the premise of that one is that the main character is kind of going around uh, to different planets and uh, eventually fights a giant monster and his own giant robot, which is not typical for Metal Hero shows. But, you know, he is going from planet to planet and to various kind of Mos Eisley Cantina-esque scenarios. But from I haven't seen it that far through, but from what I understand, because my impression for watching it the first time was like, man, how can they keep this up? They have all these alien costumes and these unique locales that, you know, only slightly look like different rock quarries. Um, <laughs> how, how can they keep this up? From what I understand, uh, they don't. And after a few episodes, they just uh, stick around Earth for the rest of it. But, all right. So, like, if out. they were to actually in earnest to do kind of a vert, like something like Jaspian or even just make Jaspian where he they kind of preserve that sort of galaxy trotting space opera aspect of it mm. without having to be like well we'll just shoot it around Tokyo I think that would be really cool yeah I like that Pat do you have one mm. I mean <clears throat> my my go-to answer for this actually probably would have been Gridman but we're getting right. that already so <laughs> there it is Gridman um... is so interesting though because it's so dated like it's, I think it's one yeah. of the first Toku shows to be shot on video, and boy does it show. That's true. It's got these really cheesy video effects to it, or digital effects, which kind of makes sense because it's like a really, like quaint view of like what the internet was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it's something. It's also something that like, because it's a Super Eye production, like modern Super Eye productions are just like really, really nice, at least in my opinion. So like having them go back and you know redo some of their older stuff. I mean, that's not really older, but like you're saying, it's certainly a little bit dated. I'd love to see, you know, a modern take that's up to the standards of, you know, or... Yeah, I'll be or, really uh, curious to see what whatever. Gridman but with Twitter looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I gotta say, and this is, um, I don't I don't mean to diminish this too much because I'm, I'm excited to have this because it just looks really cool. Um, but there's something lost when you go from uh, live action to mm. animation like there's a charm sure. of the of the of the hard suits um you know 
<clears throat> seeing that in action and and seeing the stunts that they have to coordinate that won't translate the same to uh, it being animated sure. even though i welcome it I, i'm definitely happy that this kind of thing is did being you made. see the uh original trigger short of gridman i think gridman boys create giant hero i think is what it's called no uh, i did not i highly recommend it it's basically the reason that trigger is making a gridman thing is that uh, their director akira amamiya is a huge gridman fan and it's oh. very clear from watching that short because there's so much passion put into it but also so when like gridman like combines with the different like robotic components the robot components have like giant screws on the back so it's like his it's like evoking <laughs> oh, okay. his nostalgia for like the toys oh, uh, also so like okay. the framing narrative of it is from gridman sigma which is a canceled sequel season so oh, that guy okay. is like a mega fan of gridman and he's okay. one of the people working on this new one that is exciting that's definitely a passion yeah, yeah. project i just I, all the promo stuff for it so far has seemed a little kind of self-serious which i don't know that i really want cons- like considering what came before but uh, i'm willing to give them the mm. benefit of the doubt mm. Yeah, I don't want to get too far off Champ's question. I'm oh, sorry. Kind of, oh, yeah. Kind of booing. No, booing off what you were saying, Pat, that, um, you know, it's not going to be the same as Supmation. And I totally agree. I mean, this is, I will forever be the chief cardinal of the Church of Practical Effects. Um, but mm. something like this, because of its unique crossover potential, this is one of those things where, to me, this is like, this is like those old traps for animals where you have the cardboard box, like on a stick, and there's like a treat and you wait for it to get in there and you pull the stick away, right? Like, this is like Gridmanime is sitting there and I'm waiting for someone to come over and go, hey, what's all this Toku stuff about? And then we've got them. You know what I mean? Then then we're hooked and we can introduce new people to the wonders of Sumation where otherwise maybe that bridge wouldn't be there and they couldn't cross over like that. And then it's a big hit and Shout Factory releases Gridman on DVD. Please, please. They released released Superhuman (laughs) Samurai Cyber Squad. That's true. Shout Factory does the Lord's work. They, did. they do. I'm still yeah. waiting for that B-Fighter release, but it's... I don't know how many people are thirsting for Beetleborg's nostalgia. Honestly, mm. we're already farther into the... I mean, obviously, they started with Zoo Ranger, and but we're already... They released it more than I ever expected, so my hope is that'll just continue, and I'll just keep having my expectations, you know, uh, uh, broken, and they'll just keep going. But um, <laughs> anyway, back to Champ's question specifically. <laughs> um, <laughs> what Toku would benefit from advancements um that's always a weird one because especially for myself part of the charm for a lot of these shows is that they are clearly older like i when i watch ultraman 66 and i see the strings that does more for me than not seeing the strings but um i think one that i guess i'll come out and do this is kind of a basic pick i guess but battle fever j Mm. which was um, the series that was the second co-production with Marvel, the first being Spider-Man. Um, but Battle Fever oh. J has some, has some light, you know, light um, kind of Marvel aesthetics or connections. I mean, if we're already doing the Infinity War meme, let's just, let's bring Battle Fever J into the MCU. I don't care. Like, let's do it. Like, let's, let's update it. Let's make the connections like, a hundred percent obvious and like let's let's bring it in i mean how great would that be i mean <laughs> i gotta say this now since since we're kind of touching on that now uh the the man like i didn't even cross my mind so i feel silly but uh when spider-verse was going on i don't know if you guys following I, Spider-Man I, think, I think i know where you're going with this. at all 
They actually, yeah, so they, they said, you know, it's one of those, like, every Spider-Man from every possibility ever, mm-hmm. and they brought in 70s live-action Did they Spider-Man have 70s, did they have 70s up. manga Spider-Man, too? They had awesome. every, yeah. They had, like, four Japanese Spider-Men. Like, that's amazing. So, it was so good. Like, it's, I mean, like, you know, overall, I, I would say that the it kind of resolved in a way that wasn't satisfying, but as a crossover, in terms of weird crossover hype, it was just a blast. I definitely saw an image of uh, Leopardon being shared around. Uh, yes. Also, yes. like, so, this, you know, take this, uh, I guess, with the spirit in which it's intended. Um, so, hmm. there's a little movie coming out pretty soon. It's called Ready Player One. <laughs> in the book, uh-huh. the Leopardon is in the book. Um, yeah, Leopardon is really so. Yeah, so, so if you're like me, and, yeah, did not like mm. the book at all, but also are a mm-hmm. rube. Uh, so <laughs> I'm seeing that movie because the Gundam is in it. See, I'm in a weird place with that. God, so, you know, such a I tangent. To live here. in that shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So there's your there's your potential high budget. Uh, 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 Live action Spider Man, maybe Le- Limby Leopardon is in uh, Ready Player One. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, let's keep moving yeah, now. <laughs> so, this one comes to us from David uh, Skazny. I, I think that's how you say it. Um, I apologize if it's not. Uh, if you could pick an older Sentai team to guest star as a temporary third faction for a crossover special, which team would each of you choose and why? Hmm. Tom, I think, well, no, we started with you last time. Pat, let's start with you on this one. Um. Or you can pass it. What would be? No, 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 I'm thinking like uh, it would have to be. Would it have to be the theme? I mean, I'm gonna be lazy on this one. Sorry, but uh, so we have we have phantom thieves and we have cops, and who else is above the law but pirates? (laughs) Let's throw in some gokaiger to mess just mess around. Uh, I think that's enough of a reason, right? I mean, that's also capes, right? They have capes. True, they do have capes. No, no, they don't. Do they? they? Yes, yes, they do. At least Captain Marvelous does. (laughs) <laughs> wait for um, there's a character named that <laughs> yes that's the that's the that's red very good. yeah hmm, as a possible third team in a crossover special um i guess i'll go on kind of a weird one here um and i have a super specific and basic reason yet again uh i'm gonna go with ginga man uh which we would hmm. know as um lost galaxy power rangers uh just because um I don't know what it is about their suits. I don't know what it is about something about that Charlie Brown zigzag on their chest. <laughs> That's what I remember. Such a, it's such a weird visual kind of like tick that I don't really think exists on any of the other suits that I can think of. And you just always know Ginga Man because you're like, look, it's those Charlie Brown guys. And like, I don't know. <laughs> it makes them very visually distinct. And I think it's a, a fun season anyway. Um, I haven't finished it, but it's a, it's a fun season. And, I, you know, I mean, Animal Mecca always works. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I think just because the suits are so bizarre looking, like you can always pick them out of a lineup. Like you're like, oh, oh there's Ginga Man. Like... <laughs> Is it okay if I cheat a little bit? How dare you? Um, I feel like we've okay. been doing that. So, what so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it's not a Sentai team. Uh oh, Space Sheriffs. Because it would be another three. <laughs> it would be another. Th- I'm no. I'm not super knowledgeable about which Sentai teams have three people. I know that that happens. I don't know it's not yeah, the norm, it but there are three Space no, Sheriffs. There's uh, Gavon, Sharivan. Uh, wait, not Sharivan. Uh, yeah, Gavon, Sharivan, and Shider. Um. Mm-hmm. And they 
were in a crossover movie with Decker Ranger, so right, as the Space right, Squad, so why right, not right. with these folks? And, you know, with them being an extraterrestrial law enforcement organization, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would be uh, seeing eye to eye with Earth law enforcement either, which, you know, normally they would, but you could work in that contrivance if you want to. Uh, well, you know what? Just to just to mix it up, let's then then go kaiju would be perfect because we got the space pirates, we got the space sheriffs, we got the regular cops, and the well, go kaiju actually right? was like kind of the avenue of them to try and start reintroducing uh the metal hero That's stuff right. because uh, yeah. there was the first one that I think, as far as I know, the first one that kicked that off was the Gabon go kaiju movie, uh, mm-hmm. which I yeah. only saw recently. Pretty entertaining. So that's my cheat answer. I don't really have a, a Sentai answer for that, unfortunately. You cited precedent. I mean, Decker Ranger. That works. That's all good. I feel like I, um, I feel like I was thinking about saying Decker Ranger, but then we'd have like eight cops. Doesn't really doesn't really seem <laughs> fair. Bring in Turbo Ranger or Car Ranger Two with uh, what's his name? Um, Blue Sentry. Blue Sentry is that his name? I'm trying to think of the the cop in Car Ranger. Oh yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, he's he's great. He's funny. Hmm. Um, okay, so uh, this one comes to us from Alex. Uh, who's asked prior questions? Good to see you again, Alex. Uh, when Sentai's stock episode plots, uh, body swapping, arranged marriage, etc., make you roll your eyes every time you see them? Conversely, which ones make you think, ooh, this is going to be a good episode? I can lead oh, with this boy. one if you guys want. Yeah, take the lead. So in terms of ones that I like, uh, I actually really like body swapping as a trope, just because I get a kick out of seeing, I think it's an acting exercise, seeing mm. actors try to be other actors i think that's really i mean uh, i also have a proclivity towards the film face off um which is just one <laughs> like, like okay not a reference i was like, expecting to hear yeah i was like where's he going I'm just, I'm just saying that john woo directing a film about nicholas cage playing john travolta while john travolta plays nicholas cage tell me if that had come out in 2018 twitter wouldn't even like it would just melt i'm just i'm telling you um but I like body swapping because I think it's an interesting acting exercise. And I think you get to see, I think I've seen a number of actors that I didn't necessarily think were all that great. And then there's a sort of body swap scenario. And I'm like, actually, they can do it. So I, I, I always think that's interesting. Um, in terms of which ones make me roll my eyes, um, I think this, is, this isn't just a Sentai trope per se. But the betrayal by the team leader is one that just never... Like, I don't know, it feels very basic to me. Like, it's, you know, oh, this is our good guy leader, and, oh, they, you know, they weren't what they appeared to be. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Mm. It's not my favorite mm-hmm. thing. Like, may, like maybe with yeah. Code Ray or something? Yeah, like, I mean, I've already predicted it, but I feel like it's just, I don't really want it. Like, it's a little obvious. <laughs> he's, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think too I'm going to throw in for that. Uh, I think a traitor on the team, like it just maybe it just makes me anxious whenever I see it, like or they allude to it, like one of the one of them is a traitor, and you're gonna find out that it was totally not the obvious one. And they've kind of um, set that up already, right? Where it's like the boss gang was like, "I got or not whatever Destra is like, I got somebody on the inside." Yeah, that's right. Shoot. Okay. Well, let's see how they handle it. I mean, it can be handled well. Um, like. I guess we got without saying too much, but we got some of that in build, and I was actually pretty happy yeah, with how that, that was resolved. Really but uh, without saying too much, I don't want to. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> watch, build. Uh, but overall, I think that just makes me yeah, watch build, Grant. Uh, that that just makes me anxious rather than roll my eyes, though. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know anything that 
it's almost hard to roll your eyes at a trope in a toku series just because like i'm here for the tropes to some degree yeah you know Mm -hmm. like if i rolled my eyes at things i wouldn't watch toku at all truthfully because (laughs) it's it's silly and tropey you kind of have that's the fun as you buy in but you know yeah so i haven't i oh no they're doing (laughs) this again i don't know if i've seen enough sentai specifically to really comment so i'm gonna give a joke answer um i'd like there for at some point that the uh lupon rangers and pat rangers will have to share an apartment and they'll get upset with each other (laughs) and uh put a piece of masking tape down the center of the apartment where they can't cross (laughs) to the other side you can't steal anything from the other side of this but your side has you can't arrest your side has the bathroom <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So now, okay. Now I have to All right. Ask, who's the messy one? Like who's the messy one? So I guess that doesn't answer whether I think it's good or not. But I think the response is clear that that would be very good. Yeah. That I think we would just be rolling with everyone would simultaneously fall out of their yeah, chairs. Yeah, I made kind of a joke during this episode when we were watching about the part where they were like swallowed. It's like, oh, I guess we've got a Sentai bottle episode. I would love to see that <laughs> Sentai bottle episode of them just being like locked in an apartment together. We're gonna sort this out until you solve your problems. Well, they'll pro- if they do this, it'd probably be something like they both get caught by the ganglers and then they're in yeah. their compound. Oh, that's or probably whatever. going to happen, they, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Or, oh, there it is. Or we're gonna see something where the Pat Rangers get removed from the force or something due to eternal affairs, and they have to like shack up with the. Lupin Rangers at some mm. point. Like that's, that could very well happen. Oh, man. On the topic of cliches, I really want... Hilltop doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but I want him to call somebody a loose cannon. He's got to, right? Oh, that'll be yeah. the new... That'll be the extra Pat Ranger. That'll be the fourth Pat Ranger. He'll yeah. be a loose cannon. There you go. There you go. Or he was a loose cannon. They have to bring him back to the force. He's just too, just too good a cop. Just... <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I... Uh... Oh no, it was just in my head, and now it's gone. Oh, I remember. This is something I just again, just thinking about it here. You guys mentioned, or Tom just mentioned, them getting swallowed again. Um, I had a lot of Mighty Morphin flashbacks in this episode because Mighty Morphin, one of the things they did all the time in those first couple of seasons of Power Rangers, was like, okay, we need another dimension. Let's just do a dark room with some dry ice on the floor, and this is a new dimension. And so, like them being in the stomach, but it's basically just a dark space with some <laughs> dry ice on the floor. I was like. <laughs> full of chairs dimension right now yeah right it's like they were chairs. kind of playing like an actual version of the floor is lava at one point right the, fl- yeah, the floor is the floor is the acid. abyss um <laughs> so <laughs> let's all make a big stack of chairs and just kind of chill here for a bit right right <laughs> did he have his glove he threw his glove off because it got digested a little bit but did he have his glove when he they came out i actually didn't check well regardless uh to be a proper phantom thief you this. have to be prepared with the uh with backup That's styles. True. Yeah. Mm. Can't leave fingerprints. Of course. That is true. Um, okay, so this one comes to us from our good buddy Winston Chan. Uh, what are your favorite opening and closing Sentai theme songs? Wow, that's a big question. Uh, Shinkenjers is one of mine. Uh, we'll also never not love the MMPR opening theme. So I specifically wanted to read the rest of that because we are including Power Rangers in this. So that, I mean, again, we talk about this a lot. We love when people ask those questions, but when people ask favorites, like, I can't pick between my children. So there's no favorite. There's just things i like and i will mention on the pod because they come to mind whatever surfaces i think (laughs) Uh, i want to say that i one of our first encounters i'm sure 
was one of us doing the lyrics for Die Ranger. Oh, yes. And the other one doing a follow-up. So like, I think that's... I mean... I think that uniting force... I mean, it's such a jam. It's... Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a good it's one. It's too good. It's, it's too good. Yeah. I mean... Um, so I'm gonna... Too powerful. I'll lead here a little... Well, I guess not lead, because Pat mentioned Die Ranger, which is just eternally great. So a couple that come to mind, uh, I love the Decker Ranger OP. Something about that opening guitar riff with the uh with the sirens is just it's just perfect oh my god it's it's that's really great um and to give a shout out to um uh sort of a you know an older show uh i really like the dynaman op a lot um it's got kind of this almost jazzy feel to it with uh some of the percussive elements i really dig um and then to throw a bone to power rangers uh i absolutely adore the dino charge op i think it's i that thing is bulletproof i think it's fantastic so i think i'm gonna have to check that one so out. it's good i have an answer for each uh sentai i love the jetman opening mm. just that kind of spirited chanting of jetman over and over again yeah, yeah. also the uh I think I first got introduced to Jetman actually through the NES game, the Famicom game, which has a really nice like 8-bit rendition of it, which is really cool. And for Power Rangers, I I know people love the original Mighty Morphin theme, but um, for me, there's only one choice here, and that is to set controls for outer space, go flying higher than ever before. It's Power Rangers in space. It's such a good theme song. It's really good. It is. In space has got it's it's one of the high water marks for that. There's like that kind of guy spaces. coming over the comments like in space. <laughs> so good. God, in space is a really good season. Having watched the Power Rangers 2017 movie in the last two weeks, was that two weeks ago now? Mm. Um, you know it was a given, but when the Mighty Morphin song fired up, I was just I was like giddy, like yeah. genuinely like. <laughs> I was like shaking, like what's happening? <laughs> I think my I... I look over at my wife and she was like, "Yep, they were gonna do it at some point." And I don't know why you're surprised, but she was like, "She was she was bopping." Come on, I think yeah. I think my Come reaction on. at that point was just like, "Sure, why not?" It was completely incongruous <laughs> with everything else that came before, but it uh-huh. was gonna happen at some point, and right. you know, whatever. Crispy yeah. uh, cream. It's just all I'm going to say you know, about that. I heard an interesting anecdote. I don't remember. Maybe this was on Ranger Danger. Maybe this was on Toku Ladies Pod. I don't recall another show, a better show, I'm sure, um, <gasps> talked about uh, an interesting anecdote where, because uh, Ron Wasserman composed the original NPR theme, and we all know it's, I mean, it's a jam. It's it's iconic. Um, but uh, I guess he met... Uh, uh van halen uh who is a obviously a legendary guitarist as well and he was like hey my son loves that show and i'm trying to learn to play the the theme for him how do you do those triplets because they're like really intense and he's like well i was doing it on a keyboard so you know it doesn't quite translate oh, no. but he was kind of like oh okay oh. like what a, what a just a weird little anecdote you know what though that's what you call ingenuity that's what you called working smart <laughs> I just like the idea of, yeah. of Eddie Van Halen sitting around going, how do you play the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme? That's just a thing that I didn't know happened in our world, but it did. It makes me happy. I, I love I love it's it. It's very good. 
I love I love it when Toku bleeds or like kind of into mainstream things right, a little bit. Right. <laughs> like there was this this is a this is a, something that just hit me just now, but I think this might have been in uh Be Be Cool? Like the sequel oh, to Get right. Shorty. Oh, okay. Um I wanna say this is the one, um, because <clears throat> Uma Thurman shows up in the movie. And then she's running, I think she's running a movie studio. It's been years, so I don't 100% remember this. But uh, she shows up, and then in her office in the background, there is a common Rider statue, like, in a Hollywood movie. And I was like, what? What is that doing there? How did that get to the... I'm going to have to find the screenshot of it. I had something but... like that happen the last time I rewatched Seinfeld. Uh, there's a point where I think George is, uh, like, illustrating some scenario with, like, a dollhouse or, like, a diorama he made with, like, a shoebox or something. Mm-hmm. He's representing himself with a red Zeo Power Ranger figure in the scenario. What? <laughs> I know Fantastic. I tweeted it a while back because I was like, this is just, it's always weird to see that stuff acknowledged by like greater pop culture, even though it's like Power Rangers is, if nothing else, mainstream pop culture. Uh, but like right. to see it Man. in Seinfeld of all places. <laughs> see, now I'm imagining in the middle of Zeo. They do the changeover like they did in Turbo, but instead of like Tommy <laughs> handing off the red powers to TJ, he's handing the red powers over to George Costanza. The Power oh, Rangers Festivus special. Well, George is obviously the secret secret weeb. Like he has like <laughs> he has his like secret closet that's just full of Toku and body pillows and everything. I mean, headcanon accepted. I mean, it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we've got uh, one last question here uh, from Patrice over at Legion of Boom. Hey, Patrice, how's it going? Uh, what up? He asks uh, if you could adapt any pre Zoo Ranger Super Sentai into a season of Power Rangers, which one would you pick, and why did you pick that particular one? I like this question. I like the Power Rangers focus here because I was uh, I'm a bit of an apologist. So uh, Jetman, because I want to buy uh, all the Jetman stuff, and I'm sure there are lots of people who would also yep. like that. Yep. Um, the <laughs> Shout out to Daisy, always posting birds. <laughs> right. That's kind of my secret hope is that boards. Shout Factory decides to Rangers. take like one step backwards and be like, well, let's do the season before uh, Zoo oh, Ranger. No, that's my hope. Please. That would be so good. Please, are, you, are you listening, Shout Factory? Or maybe like, uh, hey, let's release the Sentai shows that were popular in Latin America. Yes. Because that's oh, my answer is Dynaman. Because uh, I really like the giant robot in it. Mm. I know nothing else about it. It has a great... <laughs> mecca in it that's reason enough um i like both those reasons both uh for especially for the toyetic angle there of buying good toys um i'm gonna go with one that's uh similarly shallow from a series that i've not seen uh mask man i haven't seen any of mask man uh but i love the suit designs and particularly i love the mecca in it they have um uh it kind of um the variety of it makes me feel like the power rangers adaptation you could because power rangers always takes its own spin on what's going on i feel like you could do kind of like a almost like a speed racer thing where it's like a racing theme but it's not like a stock car racing thing it's like a dangerous like you know we're a race team and we have to go to all these crazy locales and there's going to be cheating and stuff on the track <laughs> wacky races you yeah, want a wacky races sentai i want yeah. wacky races power rangers and like would that not be incredible like, from what I understand, just... yeah. What I understand, Wacky Races like is known in Japan. It's yeah, not, really. I mean, it, it's DNA. It's is the foundation of there's, Mario a, there's like an. In red line. It's actually funny. There's like an S. There's oh, like an yeah. SD Gundam yeah. OVA that the 
premise of it is just wacky races with Gundam characters. But because parody laws are more strict in Japan, when they released it on DVD, like all the SD Gundam stuff, uh, they couldn't include that one, which is a bummer. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, that reminds me, uh, Dastardly and Muttley, I mean, not Dastardly and not Muttley, just straight up showed up in that Pop Team Epic. That's right, and they races. were blurred. Oh. Yeah. That's funny. So, that's yep. something. Yeah, they know. Wacky Races, from what I understand, was popular nice. in Japan when it aired. It definitely hmm. seems like it must have been an why. influence in, like, Tatsunoko anime. Like, I feel like there's some yeah. shared oh, DNA there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, um, and it's something we don't often think of, um, but I know uh, Sean, uh, Colony Drop, uh, Mr. Zimmerman himself, has mentioned repeatedly, uh, and it's something, a connection I just never perceived, but now I just, I see it everywhere, um, Thunderbirds mm-hmm. and the impact Thunderbirds had. Thunderbirds right. is and, huge. Like, for Toku, like, for Mecha. Yeah yeah like for yeah. puppets Th- thunderbirds and wrestling i think are two of the things that inform things like tokusatsu most mm-hmm. yeah definitely and it's one of those things like where if you had told me thunderbirds is really big in japan my first reaction was like what, what, what really and then i go oh no okay yeah wait you're right i mean you're an like, ultraman fan that should be obvious to you <laughs> well i mean obviously there's a there's a heavy spy thunderbirds you know twilight zone feel to ultraman but it's just one of those things you don't you don't always have it at the forefront, you know what I mean? Because it's it's almost completely faded in our pop culture consciousness, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in the foundation though. No, most definitely. Um well guys, uh a lot of really great questions. Thanks to everybody for asking. Uh and uh, thanks to Tom for being here. We really appreciate it. It was my um, pleasure. We definitely would like to have you back on later, and I'm sure if we do something Metal Heroes related, you're gonna be there whether we ask you to be on or not, <laughs> honestly. So I'll just ha- I'll <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll uh, get a grid bracer and I'll go through the net. <laughs> and I know I'm doing a Tsuburaya thing right now, but uh, it's okay. Whatever. It's it's welcome in this house. We mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, but Pat, do you want to tell the people a little bit about um, uh, our thanks to them for asking questions? Yes. Uh, so, okay. Thanks. Thank you very much, everybody who sent in questions. We really appreciate it. It, it adds to our discussion. And then, as our thank you to you. We're uh, we're gonna be drawing uh, names from everybody who submitted questions for uh, the shirt, uh, which sports our super duper cool design, and that will be m- the next show. So I guess you know Monday when we're recording, we'll be we'll either put it at the top or like put it out with with the episode. Um, but uh, the sooner we get it to y'all, the the better, because I'm I really just want to get it out there. Yeah, and it's really exciting, and I think it's definitely one of those things where, you know, if you if you ask questions of us on the show, we'll put your name in the hat. I mean, and obviously, everybody's done really great asking great questions, but not their surprise on the line. You know, it's up to us what constitutes a good question. Don't just go in there and, you know, make Hong Kong noises and the mentions. But if you ask a question that we can discuss on the show, you know, we'll definitely, we'll put your name in the hat, and we'll do drawings every month, and that's really the, exciting. The dial-shaped top hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> that's it. That's coming next. How did you... Did, did you show him already? Pat? Did you show him the? the I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. But now, thanks, well, Tom. It's those it's, it's those Gridman abilities. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast. Podcast.